Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Breaking news what we're learning about a man killed during a drive by shooting near a bus stop and shopping center. More than 3,200 people in limbo after an EF3 tornado tears into Nash County's largest employer. WRAL is looking into what's next for them and hospitals worldwide that rely on Pfizer. Plus, as people pick up the pieces, meet the veterans stepping in to help. New storms means today is a WRAL weather alert day. I'll outline where the severe risks are the highest and how long that threat lasts. Right now at 7, we are taking a live look at the dual Doppler 5000. You can see some rain and storms to the south of us. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. I'm Ashley Rowe. And I'm Dan Haggerty. And while you don't see a whole lot of activity around the Raleigh area, today is still a WRL weather alert day for the chances of severe storms as we go into the overnight uh, evening hours. Meteorologist Mike Mays in the WRL Severe Weather Center with what we can expect here, Mike. Dan, as we get deeper into the evening, we're getting a better feeling of what we'll likely see around here. And it looks like the threat is going to materialize more to our south than perhaps on us. We haven't seen a whole lot of activity on the live dual Doppler 5000 radar. There are a few showers across parts of Cumberland and Sampson County. They are moving to the east, not showing any signs of ramping up. But when you pull out and show the wider view of the radar, you can see the core of the severe storms to our south and west. I've been saying this since 4 o'clock, that the corridor of the severe weather may end up being well south and west of us, despite us still being in that risk area that we've been talking about throughout the day. And what further reiterates that, is the issuance of a severe thunderstorm watch for parts of South Carolina and Georgia. This is until 1 a.m. So the thinking from the Storm Prediction Center in issuing this watch here is this is where the severe weather would occur, perhaps not here. And with that being said, we're still under the risk area, so we'll still be vigilant watching the radar hour by hour. But the feeling is, the thinking is, the threat may be to our south and west. And locally, we'll still hold on to about a 30, maybe 40 percent chance for some showers and storms as we head through the evening. The threat would subside by midnight, so this isn't something that's going to last through the Night. I'll have a look at future casts coming up in less than 15 minutes, guys. A lot of folks could use a break from yes. this weather, Mike. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Right now, the WRL Live Center, we are getting some new information from Durham Police about a deadly shooting that happened off of Rayner Street. Here's some video from the scene. We first broke this a couple of hours ago, but just now confirming the man who was shot near that bus stop, and you see all the scene uh, and the investigators out there taken to the hospital. That's where he died. This is an active investigation. No arrests have been announced at this point. It's possible and it's looking like this may have been some sort of drive-by shooting, but we are waiting for police to confirm all of that. Um, and investigators believe that's exactly how this unfolded in front of that shopping center. They're speaking with witnesses who heard several gunshots ring out. Also, shot spotter, uh, that alert went to police uh, notifying them about what was going on there in the 1000 block of Rainer Street. We don't know the name of the victim, the man who was killed, and it's unclear right now any details about the possible suspect in this case or vehicle. Uh, they may have been driving updates on this breaking story in Durham as we get it in the live center. All right, keep us updated, Mark. Thank you. Right now, Pfizer is assessing, well, all of this, the damage done to its facility in Rocky Mount. And keep in mind, this is Nash County's largest employer. More than 3,200 people work here, and it supplies certain types of drugs worldwide. WRAL's Matt Tallhelm is working to find out what will happen to their jobs. 
This is one of the largest production facilities of its kind in the world, making sterile injectables for hospitals and medical facilities. The sign right there says it all. This site is closed, and Pfizer tells me it will stay closed until further notice. Pallets of products remain on the racks, now curved and collapsed beneath what's left of the roof, ripped from the storage and distribution building at Pfizer's Rocky Mount facility. And it looks like a bomb went off. Oh my God, dude. This video shows the tornado as it spun debris through the parking lot of the plant. In a tweet, the company's CEO describes the damage as tremendous. He says, we are working urgently to determine the best way to get back online as quickly as possible while ensuring the safety of our people. We have we're happy that we're safe. We're happy that everything didn't get tore but we are worried about coming back to work. It's another blow to the workforce in Rocky Mount. Last year, QVC decided not to rebuild its distribution center in the city after this massive fire. That put nearly 2,000 people out of a job. Uh, undoubtedly, there's going to be an economic impact to this. Alan Chesser represents Nash County in the State House. During a visit to see the damage at the Pfizer plant, I asked him if this latest disaster could lead to more job losses in the community. What's your confidence that they're going to rebuild this, that this will be back open and these people will have jobs still. I'm very confident that, that Pfizer is going to stay right here. State and local officials tell us they're working with Pfizer to determine what workers and their families will need while the plant is shut down. We, we don't need to rush it. We need to make sure that we do everything right. That way when they can open the doors back up to get the workers in, we don't have to turn around and shut them back down because we missed something. You can see crews are rebuilding the power line into the Pfizer plant here, pole by pole, building that back into there. This is just one of the ways they are working to get this production facility back up and running. Matt Tallhelm, WRAL News, Rocky Mount. And we asked Pfizer if employees will continue to be paid during this shutdown. The company did not respond to that question. State lawmakers tell WRAL Pfizer's CEO is expected to visit the plant tomorrow. This tornado has not only damaged so many homes throughout the community, but has impacted hundreds of lives of the folks who live there. Just 24 hours later, though, we already are already seeing countless groups of folks stepping in to help rebuild what they can. WRAL's Aaron Thomas is live in Dorches, uh, the town that was hit the hardest by all of this with some of those relief efforts. Aaron? Yeah, Dan, and these folks, I can tell you, are really going to need all the help they can get. It's really hard to put in the words the sheer devastation that we're standing in the middle of. I mean, this is literally a home. I can make out what appears to be the living room with the, the couch everywhere, the doors ripped up. And then also, if you walk over here, there's a refrigerator that's on the other side of the yard that just shows you the sheer impact of this EF3 tornado that touched down here in Nash County. That's when help comes in to provide relief. We know that homes have been destroyed. I've seen trees that are uprooted from the ground. Volunteers with the American Red Cross of North Carolina have been surveying this damage that you see. They've also partnered with community organizations to provide food, water, and immediate assistance. We've also had the chance to meet two veterans from the United States Veterans Corps. Uh, the moment a natural disaster hits, Leonard Harrison and Rod Dale, they hit the road in their truck. Both men are all about providing hands-on community service, such as remo removing trees. Harrison tells me that this work is certainly challenging for the people who've experienced loss, and it's challenging for the volunteers lending a helping hand. You just have to see the humanity that's involved in doing this, this service. If, if you cannot uh, handle that humanity being that raw, this just is not the thing for you.
Yeah, he makes a good point, and so far that humanity he's referring to, he's talking about people who are just in need of hugs or people that just break down and cry because their entire lives have been cha changed as a result of Mother Nature. I mean, it, it's seriously just tough to believe that, you know, someone lived here and now this is the result. Uh, of course, we're going to be following this on our late news beginning at 10 on Fox 50. I'm actually going to be speaking with a gentleman who tells me that he actually had to ride out the storm on a golf cart with other golfers. Imagine how scary that moment must have been. Oh, man. man. All right, Aaron Thomas. Yeah, that, that community is going to need a lot of support from all of us moving forward. Aaron in Dorches. Thanks, Aaron. Sky 5 was back on top of the destruction in Nash and Edgecombe counties today after that EF3 tornado hammered communities there. WRAL's Brian Trader takes us through the start of recovery efforts just 24 hours after tragedy hit. Our Sky 5 tour starts in Edgecombe County where we got our first aerial view of some of the damage along Cokertown Road in the Whitakers area. People dug through the debris, saving what they could. The tornado destroyed this building and touched down in this tobacco field, shredding about a quarter of the crop. Just to the west, these homes on Morningstar Church Road show the power of the tornado as it tore through Edgecombe County. Back into Nash County, the badly damaged Pfizer plant remained closed. The parking lot is empty, but utility crews gathered on the front lawn, getting ready to head out and make repairs. The cleanup continued as well in the hard-hit town of Dorches. Neighbors and sightseers jammed NC-43 as crews cleared debris. Power crews nearby worked to rebuild the power grid. Tarps covered homes lucky enough to have a roof. But for many people, this was the first full day of a long recovery. In Sky 5, I'm Brian Schrader, WRAL News. Be sure you have the WRAL weather app loaded on your phone. These last couple of days have just proven the importance and necessity of this. It's the best way to make sure you get the alerts for your area if and when there is a threat for severe weather. For the second time in a week, thieves broke into vehicles at a downtown Raleigh apartment complex. More than a dozen damaged this time at the link on West Street that's near Glenwood South. Residents spent the morning cleaning out their cars and vacuuming up some broken glass. Most of the cars were on the lower floor of that parking garage. Madison Malik left for work around 9.30 this morning, but she didn't get very far. Three windows were busted out, everything taken, any kind of prescriptions, took my AirPods, took, even took my pickleball racket. Man, uh, RPD provided 34 police reports to WRAL, so this is, a, this is a bunch of vehicles here. They say they do routine patrols on that area by car and sometimes by foot. This comes just four days after thieves hit the Devon on Boylan Avenue. Nearly a dozen cars broken into there. How frustrating for those car owners. Our tornado coverage continues as WRAL stays on top of the damage in Nash and Edgecombe counties. Heart-stopping new video shows the moments just before a home is blown off its foundation. We'll show you what's left of the home and how the homeowners are doing one day after surviving that storm. Plus, there's a new man in charge at Wake County Public Schools. After the break, a deeper look into Superintendent Robert Taylor and his background. State House and Senate leaders are moving closer to a deal on allowing more casinos in North Carolina. The proposal will allow casinos in Nash County, Anson County and Rockingham County. A fourth casino could be added in the eastern region of the state to be run by the Lumbee tribe. The casinos would be part of what lawmakers are calling entertainment districts that will also include hotels, bars and restaurants. The counties were chosen after an economic impact study. House Speaker Tim Moore says he is hearing positive feedback from the leaders in the aforementioned counties. 
you're, you're seeing a lot of rural legislators, particularly those whose areas would, 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 would benefit from this. You look up in the northeastern part of the state, you look down around Anson County, uh, those two particularly, which really have some significant challenges. And the response that we're hearing from legislators from those regions has been supported. The deal will also legalize what are called video lottery terminals. These terminals would be similar to video poker or fish tables, but they would be run by the State Lottery Commission. The state would license gaming machines and then get a cut of the revenue. Those not licensed will be confiscated. The new school year will be here before you know it. And we're learning a bit more about the next Wake County Schools Superintendent, longtime Bladen County Superintendent. Robert Taylor will be taking over the job later this year. In January, Taylor was in the news in Mississippi. The state Senate there refused to confirm his nomination as state school's chief. Capitol Bureau Chief Laura Leslie looked into why that happened and whether it could be problematic here. Robert Taylor seemed like a sure thing for Mississippi's education chief. He had the backing of the entire Board of Education there and backing from Republican leaders as well. But his nomination in the state Senate fell victim to political infighting over comments he made to his alma mater back in 2020. Robert Taylor had the backing of Mississippi's lieutenant governor. The lieutenant governor's political rival saw that as an opportunity. Robert Taylor once called Mississippi the most racist state in America, Republican State Senator Chris McDaniel said on Facebook. He is a Democrat, a supporter of critical race theory, affirmative action, and the removal of historical monuments, embracing the woke and liberal culture. McDaniel was referring to an interview Taylor did in 2020 with the Center for Black Students at the University of Southern Mississippi, his alma mater. He was talking about writing for the black student newspaper back in the 1980s. The unheard word, in my opinion, recognized that the University of Southern Mississippi was in the most racist state in the union, Taylor said in that interview. We asked Dr. Taylor for an interview about this, but he declined. Shortly after the Facebook post, Taylor's confirmation vote failed. Republicans said he wasn't the right person for the job. Democratic Mississippi Senator David Jordan said support for Taylor seemed to vanish overnight. I would hate to think that it, that, that it was racism, but it looked like it was something. That's, I asked those questions many times on in the debate over who should be state superintendent, and I couldn't get any answers to that. It's surprising, but not. Meredith College political science professor David McLennan said that's just the political environment around education these days. I think the comments he made in 2020, although most people would say it was a pretty accurate statement, you know, in the political environment in which we live, um, you know, that can lead to being labeled as woke and woke is anything that people don't like. Wake County is a much more progressive place than Mississippi, but McLennan said conservative critics of the new superintendent will likely bring this up in the future. Laura Leslie, WRAL News, Raleigh. Well, we should say prepare for an uncomfortable night in Smithfield on Sunday. Some residents there aren't going to have air conditioning for several hours, and it's hot outside. Due to a problem with Duke Energy, a substation there, and some rotten wood, an issue that needs to be replaced. That means shutting down power for many people who live just north of downtown. The town's director of utilities saying that although the repairs are scheduled to take five hours starting at midnight, they hope to finish them much sooner. Our coverage of the tornado in Nash and Edgecombe counties continues with the moment it moved in on the Puckett Mobile Home Park in Rocky Mountain. How about this video? Imagine the, the, the person 
shooting that video. You can see the sheer force of that wind just blowing everything around. That's Claudus Brewer shooting it, uh, who actually just moved into that, that area a week ago. Brewer took this video from his awning. We do not recommend doing this, of course. He says there is no warning, no rain. The tornado just came roaring through. This is video of the aftermath. Homes are leveled, left in pieces. We've been seeing images like this all day and yesterday as well. Brewer adds, after realizing he and his mom were okay, he went to find his neighbors who had sheltered in a bathtub, but the winds picked them up and dumped them in a field nearby. Neighbors actually had to move a roof to find them. They are currently hospitalized. Fortunately, we can tell you they're expected to be okay. But man, a lot of people thinking about that family tonight, what they had to go through, um, what they're still going through now in the hospital. Can you imagine being in a bathtub and being lifted up by well, the wind? no, and that's what they tell you to do, right, Mike? Mm -hmm. I mean, in a yeah. situation like that, uh, get into the bathtub, the most interior room yeah. of your home. You know, you, you hope to be safe, but when the winds are that strong. Yeah, they did the right thing. Get in the bathtub, put pillows over you, maybe a mattress, put on a, a bike helmet, uh, protect your head from flying debris. Now, the good news for us tonight. I think the severe threat will materialize farther to our south. Ashley and Dan, we're focusing on the thunderstorms in Georgia and South Carolina. These are all moving to the south and east. It looked like they would bypass us here in North Carolina. Nonetheless, I will monitor the radar throughout the evening to see if we'll see anything develop here. There were showers trying to develop in Sampson County. They have fallen apart. The closest activity that looks anything menacing is across South Carolina for Florence, getting up toward Dillon, uh, south of the border, uh, getting over toward Conway and Myrtle Beach. That will all pretty much pass south of us. So as of this moment, we look okay. Latest run of future cast coming in. This is our most reliable model and it's not showing much of anything locally. It's South Carolina and Georgia that's seeing the lion's share of the activity. Now I talked last night at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRL. The way these complexes develop, these thunderstorm complexes, the models have a very hard time queuing in on how they'll develop and how they'll move through a region. So even though the model doesn't show a whole lot, we'll still watch to see if we see that 30% chance for a shower or thunderstorm materialize locally. We're seeing most of the activity developing to our south. So that means our level one and two threat may be a moot point uh, if all this develops south of us where there are severe thunderstorm watches in effect till 1 a.m. And me seeing that makes me think that's where the storm protection center is looking at the severe threat, not really at us. So I'm wondering if at some point our level one and two threat will be scaled back or perhaps even dropped. I'll let you know on social media if that's the case as soon as I find out and thunderstorms and showers perhaps by 2 to 3 a.m. to our north and east. So right now 87 at an RDU it is humid 71 we've dealt with the steamy feel but it looks like a cold front that moves through tomorrow will bring in less humid air over the weekend. I'll point that out coming up in a second and locally the temperatures and the heat index still feeling like 102 in Clinton feeling like 97 in Goldsboro feeling like 93 at an RDU. Good idea to find your cool spot tomorrow the temperature is going to jump up. We're forecasting 95 after our 92 to Day. The good news is the dew point falls back a little bit tomorrow, so not, we're not talking about a humongous heat index value. It only feel like 100 or so, but that's still bad enough. And then with the front tomorrow afternoon, we can't rule out a shower or storm. We'll call it about a 20% chance. Behind the front, the dew points fall. Upper 50s to about 60 on Saturday. That combined with a high around 89 shouldn't feel all that bad. So you may want to get out this weekend, maybe enjoy the pool, maybe head to the lake, play golf. 64 the dew point on Sunday. Monday, Sunday and Monday, the storm chances come back, but Sunday, Saturday, we probably won't see any showers and storms. So we're still going to watch for showers and storms this evening till about midnight or so. Lows tonight will be in the low to maybe mid 70s, 73 in Raleigh, 74 in Gold.
Goldsboro, 73 in Fayetteville. And tomorrow, just a plain hot day. Low to mid 90s, we'll have a northwest wind. And with a wind coming down the mountains, that tends to develop a hot atmosphere for us. That and a west wind as well. So yeah, expected to be hot if you're working outside tomorrow. And your seven day forecast, not a bad weekend. 89 Saturday, 90 on Sunday, 88 on Monday. Tolerable humidity. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week, those numbers go back up. All right. They go back up, but I'll tell yeah. you what, watching some of the weather and the heat that's going on in Phoenix and other parts of the country, I feel like this we're forecast, blessed. we're lucky. Anything yeah. in the 80s, yeah, we're blessed. Thanks, Mike. There is a new face to see the next time you visit the Outer Banks. Coming up, we're going to introduce you to Drifter, the latest file to be born at Corolla. Excited about this one. The new live action Barbie movie hits theaters this weekend. Yeah, a lot of people are excited. WRO Lifestyle editor Kathy Hanrahan has some details on a local party to celebrate all things Barbie, plus more in Out and About's Weekend Picks. Hey, Barbie. Wear something pink and head to Durham on Saturday to celebrate the release of the new Barbie movie. There will be a free all ages party from 1.30 to 5.30 at Freeman's Creative. There will be friendship bracelets, cotton candy, and more Barbie-themed fun. Admission is free. Singer Louis Tomlinson will play Raleigh on Friday. The former member of One Direction will bring his Faith in the Future tour to Red Hat Amphitheater. Tickets are still available. And on Saturday, the summer heyday market will celebrate retro and modern games outside of Heyday Brewery in Raleigh. There will be 25 vendors, retro and modern gaming systems, and more. Admission is free. These are just a few ways to get out and about this weekend. Kathy Hanrahan, WRAL News. All right, Barbie. Yeah? Yeah, Excited? for sure. So uh, the herd of wild horses <laughs> along North Carolina's Outer Banks is growing once again. Check this out. There is a new foal living near Corolla. His name is Drifter, born earlier this week. His birth means there are now 102 members of the herd. Drifter is one of six foals born this year. The Corolla Wild Horse Fund posted a message on Facebook reminding everyone Please give the horses plenty of space. Don't crowd them if you are able to see them at the beach. Added stress can cause physical problems and then also impact bonding between the yeah. mare and her foal. We have to take care of our horses. That's it for us tonight. Thanks for making WRAL your choice for local news. We'll see you back here at 10 and 11. Have a good night. Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.